Hello and welcome to episode 164 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and uh, we're back to normal today. Ricardo yep. is here with me. It's just me, just Brandon's you and me. Brandon's nowhere to be found once again. I mean, he's, well, he's on he the made, globe. He's he on the globe little, somewhere. Uh, he made a little two-week two uh, cameo and, and he's right back out again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, uh, if you could rate review like share all that stuff uh but you know what i think would be more important than doing that ricardo what would, what would be more just tell important? tell a friend if you're tell listening them. to this yeah, tell yeah. somebody else about it and get them you know try to talk them into li- listening to a couple episodes we Actually, really we grow on people i think yeah exactly like mushrooms <laughs> yeah something like that um yeah man uh so san diego was good san diego was great I know it was like you guys. You guys were all worried about uh, cr- crummy weather down there, but it, it's, it looked like it really turned 74, out great. Light breeze on the beach. It was really nice. Just enough to know but, you're not getting sunburned as you're getting sunburned. There, yeah, there so, you go. There yeah. you go. Well, the first couple of days were just bad weather, and then it got really nice, huh? For the rest of the weekend or whatever. Um, I wouldn't say it was bad weather. It wasn't. Uh, or Sixty. The, and yeah, it wasn't the temperatures that Gina's looking for. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad you guys. Uh, and for those that safely. don't know, Gina's my wife, so she's yeah. not my girlfriend. Well, she could be my girlfriend, but she's also my wife. So there you go, there you go. Um, you know, Ricardo, I have. Uh, we have a great guest on today. Who do we have? Uh, his name's Paul Allen. Oh no way! From the dead? No, no, he's not. Not the dead. Not Paul Allen. That's dead. Oh, okay. Um, All right. That would have been amazing. This uh, <laughs> the live to walk again brings people back. <laughs> hey man, uh, the, uh, this gentleman uh, is he's a spinal cord injury survivor. He's living out in uh, in England, uh, in the north of England. I mistakenly at the beginning of the interview said he was coming to us live from London. He's not allowed in London right now, so Whoa, uh, but that's we'll, a, that's we'll talk crazy. about. Yeah, there's some stuff he can't talk about in the interview. Um, you know, just legal ramifications still surrounding some of that stuff, and uh, but he's going to come back on uh, in the near future, not too, not too far down the road, to to kind of describe some of or yeah, tell tell us his. A, a more in-depth story i guess of his kind of earlier years so um but f- you know we did get to talk about his his spinal cord injury that was just a tragic tragic senseless gun violence related injury um we also got to talk about his uh, recovery from the injury and just kind of the the crazy situation surrounding that um, yeah, I just I thought I thought it was a really interesting interview. I thought you know I, th- I think he he was great. The birds were out and chirping in in the United. I know in the it United sounded Kingdom. like Mary Poppins. It did sound like we were in a uh, like maybe in Atrium. some kind of bird sanctuary yeah, yeah. or something. But uh, no, it was yeah, great. it was uh, they got they got a little loud at a couple times. But you know it's beautiful weather there in, in uh, the United Kingdom right now. So uh that's yeah thank yeah i want to thank paul for for coming on and and telling what he could tell us but uh i you know, i just want to this is kind of a long interview so i want to kind of get into this well yeah i don't want to give much yeah, away yeah I, I, it was a great interview I, I i loved it but one of the things that he said that really hit me was um he used the phrase this injury isn't for the faint of heart yeah and um i always 
I think about that every once in a while. And you, you know, you went uh, and asked your questions about, you know, um, uh, why do you, what motivates you, you know? And those were, he gave really good answers to those. And I, w I won't ruin it for anybody, but one of the things is, is that um, uh, he said there was a questionnaire in the interview that people um, ask about. And I know this podcast is called Live to Walk Again, but walking isn't always the thing that you need back once you have this injury. Right. And one of the things is that um, I think I would have put on the top of the list is to have good family and friends. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the things that you want around you to help you get through this. Right. And, you know, that's one of the core things that he sounds like he's got a great family. I mean, yeah, uh, they, they not were... to ruin it for anybody, but I mean, anybody that's going to go up against the police <laughs> while yeah. you're in a hospital bed. Yeah. And uh, let's get on with it from here. So because it was a great interview. It was uh, it was a it was really good to listen to. You guys got to listen to the whole thing and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Right, Chair? Yep, we will. Here we go. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are so excited to be able to visit with our guy, Paul Allen uh, from London, live and direct. Uh, he's an advocate, motivator, a spinal cord injury survivor, and an adaptive athlete. Uh, Paul, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for joining me. How you doing, Jeremy? No problem, man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, you know, for anybody that doesn't know your story or isn't following you on social media, you know, can you uh, tell us about, you know, how you suffered a spinal cord injury? Well, I, I was actually shot six times through the window of one of my properties where I was living. You know, it was quite, quite an, a horrific event to be quite honest and yeah so one of the bullets actually went through my throat and severed the spinal cord at a T3 so I'm actually a T3 complete now so yeah it was quite a horrific way to sustain a, a, a spinal cord injury to be honest no kidding man wow so it was just like a drive-by shooting at your house then well it's kind of you know, obviously, there's uh, for legal reasons, I kind of actually, you know, get right into it. At a later date, I'm going to be able to. But right now, you know, I can't really go back any further than I can just okay. start at that level. But it was kind of um, kind of a disagreement and it just, you know, escalated. And the next thing, these guys, you know, this is what they've done. It, it, and it, it, you know, they crossed the line and... Yeah. Open fire at my house where my family was, you know. Yeah, man. Can you hear me, wow. there, uh, Jeremy? It, it, cut, it blocked, cut out for a moment. Then. Yeah, I think but, we're back. But, so yeah, I was actually shot six times. So one of the one of the bullets severed, but uh, took my one of my little fingers off, and my thumb was re my thumb reattached, so it doesn't work properly. Well, obviously, that that's nothing compared to the to the to the spinal cord injury, as with people uh, yourself, you would would un, un, you'd understand because a spinal cord injury is no joke, man. Right. It's not for the faint-hearted, you know. No, no definitely not. Um, you know what? Uh, so you get shot. Like, do you? I mean, you 
they take you to the hospital do you yeah yeah i was airlifted how does that process go for you yeah so i was airlifted so it was around about 11 o'clock at night so you know it was quite quite loud all the neighbors came and it was you know it was a real real chaos to be honest and um I kind of come round, you know, because obviously I'm instantly out, obviously instantly paralysed. And um, I can remember waking up, looking up, and obviously, you, you know, you're not the last thing you're going to think is you're paralysed now. I, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew is that I couldn't move. And, but saying that, I managed to turn onto my front somehow, Turn out, turn onto my. Foot. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was just so confused, and you know, and then my partner's screaming and everything like that. You know, it's next thing the neighbours, and we actually got securities. It's quite a quite a nice area where 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 I was living at the time. So we have, believe it or not, twenty four hour security patrolling the area. So the guy, he was one of the first guys through the door. And then obviously, you know, the ambulances was called, yeah, all armed police. They 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 turned up and uh, surrounded the the area, and you know, I can vaguely remember all this. But I'm 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 really struggling at this time to um, to talk, obviously, and breathe because it's you know, I, 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 to be honest, I thought this is it, you know. So I can always remember trying to kind of saying goodbye, you know. This is. I'm not getting out of this one, so to speak, you know. And then, next thing, ambulance. I think we drove. I think the ambulance drove to like a, like a, like a green area, like a park where the helicopter lands, and then lifts me and takes me to a um, quite a well-known hospital in London. And then the rest is history, man. I, 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 I make a, I make a somewhat recovery. You know, it was. At the time, this didn't I didn't have much, you know, there was not much hope that I was going to make it. So, you, you know, trying to save my life in the ambulance. We didn't take off for quite some time. So people was hearing what happened, family and, 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 and that. And they made their way to the hospital. And what actually happened, I got there, they got there before I did. So when I come, the helicopter lands. They take me off on a stretcher, but I'm out by this time. They've, you know, I'm I, I I'm gone. They've put me to sleep. So there's you know a lot of family and friends as we as I'm wheeling in to the hospital, and then you know I think I think they got me under control, and then the the, the main consultant comes out and asks for immediate family to come in, and he's you know they're quite frank. They he he just got down to it and said, look. I'd be straight with you. This is causing a lot of trouble at the minute. And, you know, we're not too sure if he's going to make it through the night. So you can imagine, I've got grown daughters, grown sons, and everybody, my mum was there, and they've just, they just started screaming, to be honest. So all my friends and other people outside the hospital heard the screams, especially my daughter. My daughter let off a real, you can imagine, it's airy, the, 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 the scream that she's let off. So they all thought I'd died at this point. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, I, I, I made it through the night. And, um, yeah, so then the next thing, obviously, I'm in an induced coma. So I wake up 
um, I think I think three or four days later, and I'm just I can remember just looking around, thinking, "What the hell?" At this time, I still don't know possibility that I'm never going to walk again. So I'm just kind of, but. They've also, what they told my family was that there's a possibility that Paul won't ever be able to speak again, eat solid foods, even breathe properly, where the bullet went through the, the, the neck, the throat, basically. And all, we, all the main tubes are there for the, there's obviously the one for swallowing, one for breathing, one for, you know, um, uh, yes, breathing. So they, in the beginning, they, they was damaged, like, but they wasn't sure how badly damaged they was. So they had to give that kind of, um, well, you know, due to experience that normally that's it. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to speak or eat. So then I managed to, to, to prove them all wrong, to be honest. This, this is, this is another thing, you know, we should get into because in hospitals, sometimes they tell you a lot of things and it's not, it's not always the way, you know, because they told me a lot of things that I was never going to be able to do what, what I'm doing now, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people who they give this information to, I'm not saying they've done a bad job with me and I think they actually saved my life, but um, a number of things they said. And, but like I said, when I woke up four or five days later, I was I was talking like through the track between my tracheostomy and everything like that. And. They was they was amazed straight away. They was like, "Oh my God, you know what's going on here?" You know, but, and I can remember. I think it's a member of my family is a run and got one of the nurses. So Paul's Paul's actually talking. She was kind of like confused, as if to say, "He he can't be," you know. Right. Yes, yeah, so that's when it was started. Within two weeks, the tracheostomy's out. They estimated it eight months. Now it's two weeks. They've took that out, and then. I'm talking, I'm fully talking. I'm still being fed through the nose at this at this point because they're concerned about eating solid foods. So within a few more days, I go down to the to the to the operating room and they they start me off with these soft foods like yogurts and things like that. And I pass the tests, and then the next minute I'm I'm eating solid foods. One of the things they did say that I wouldn't breathe properly on my own, obviously. That happened more or less straight away that I, I was able to breathe on my own. Okay. And um yeah, man, that was pretty much it. And then and then the last thing they said was that you will never walk again. So you gotta see where that sits with me because you did tell me that I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't breathe, I wouldn't talk. I've managed to accomplish them three things. And then the fourth thing you said is that I will never walk again. At the moment, yeah, obviously, I, I, you know, it's a complete injury. I'm not, as you well know, Jeremy, I'm not just, it's not naturally, I'm not just not naturally going to heal up. That They're, they're kind of right. Obviously, I've, I've obviously learned a lot in the last four years because I was actually injured in 2019. Okay. And um, so we're coming up to, to, in July, so we're coming up to four years. Wow. So I've learned quite a lot and I know, uh, you know, that, uh, it, uh, they're more than likely right. I will never walk again. But saying that, there's a lot going on behind closed doors. What a lot of people don't know, which I'm researching and going through, you know, on a, on a, on a regular basis and keeping an eye on this and 
you've got the likes of Elon Musk and all kinds of people saying that they're going to get spinal cord injury patients up on their feet. Um, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a planet, we are evolving also, you know, so never say never Jeremy, you know, never say never because Uh, you can't keep a good man down, man. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Um, so, so Paul, you're, you're, you get shot, you, they airlift you to the hospital. Um, you know, eventually you're able to, to start talking again, eating again. Um, when are you, when do they take you to start doing like rehab, like learning how to use a wheelchair, things well, like that? Y- yes. So, so what happens is I have quite a, um, it's quite a story, Jeremy, you know, I, I, I think I'm fully, I, I think I'm able to tell. Um, so basically I was on, I was on probation. So I was on like a parole leave. So I was, um, I don't know the equivalent in the States, but basically if I was, I'd served a long prison sentence. So now I was doing the rest of my prison sentence in the, in the open, uh, in, you know, in, in, in the open on, a, on, on license conditions, they call it in this country. So when I was actually shot, there was a couple of things that breached my license conditions. So therefore I was aware of this in the very beginning, but I thought, you know, it's not really that bad. Plus, how bad this injury is, you know, I don't think this is really going to cause me much, much of a problem. So, what actually happened was, obviously, I start to to to, to recover, and um, I think it's within, I think, two months. I'm then in the hospital for two months while I'm recovering properly. And then what you do, you move to like the rehabilitation center, which is uh, a place called Stanmore. It's quite a famous um, orthopedic hospital where all the troops go, you know, they come back from Afghanistan injured and other other gun, you know, people that have been injured down to gun violence. And anyone that's got spinal, spinal cord injury would know about Stanmore um, in London, just outside of London. And there's another uh, one called Stoke Mandeville, which is at the north of England. So they're very famous um, and very good spinal units. So obviously, I don't obviously know about any of this, do I? This is all new to me. So this is where they say I'm going. And I'm like, wow, okay. This is where you will, because to be quite honest, the hospital where I first go to, they don't really know too much about spinal cord injuries, which I was still trying to, process it was like well why not this is a hospital but it it isn't later on until I realized how niche and how you know not unique but you know it's 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 quite a complex injury to just just a random nurse to know about you know so the date set for me to go to this to this rehabilitation center but little did I know they was about to recall me to prison. So, Damn. you know, all of a sudden, two police officers turn up at my bed, my family and everybody around around me. And they said, Paul, you know, I don't know how you're going to take this or, or whatnot, but you're being recalled to prison. So I'm like, hold on a minute. You know, it was quite laughable. So then my family, me, you know, it starts getting a little bit heated. My mum's, I can 
remember my mum there, my partner, everybody just, you know, I think my brother was there, my son, you know, they're up. They're like, hold on a minute. This is, this, you're joking, right? You know, Paul, Paul's got a very serious injury. But a little commotion started. So then obviously the nurses and doctors, they've all come running because we start, there's raised voices and stuff like that. And we kind of like, everything gets calmed down a bit. And they're just saying, Paul, look, it, it's not us. Obviously, this is what we've been told. We're only doing what we were told. We've, you know, you, you know, it's not our, It's not down to us, you know. So we kind of got on, on, on them kind of terms. And I always remember the, 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 the doctors and the consultants, they kind of laughed, laughed and said, Paul, I wouldn't worry about this. There's not a prison in this country. What could, could, um, could take you with, 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 with the level of your injury? So I, I wouldn't really worry about it. And they kind of like said the same thing. Said, Paul, let's just, let's just see how this, this is early days. So from then on, I become a prisoner at the hospital. So they can't leave the hospital. They have to sit by my bed and keep an eye on me. That I don't just, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going to miraculously jump up and run off. You know, that was the, it was quite comical. Oh my God. But then that's where the problems start because I then travel, I think, I think it's about a month. I end up staying in this hospital for three months. So then I leave, you know, that, to go to this, um, the Stanmore, the Spinal Cord Injury Centre. And obviously, this is all arranged through the police, through the prison service, for the police forces. And obviously, I'm escorted in an ambulance to Stanmore. And that's where the fun and games start because you can imagine. No, tell a lie. Then the then the prison service take over from the police force, you know, because now I become a prisoner, proper prisoner, so to speak. So then they take everything from me, from my room, all my clothes, even my trainers, everything, and bring prison clothing. And we're like, you must be joking. He like. You can't, I know now, but I didn't know so much then, but the doctors and if it's like, you can't take a Paul's trainers. He, he, he needs them. They're, they're vital for his rehab. Right. We understand he's being recalled, but you need, there needs to be some sort of lenience here. He needs, so we had to fight with him over a number of weeks and trying to go to court, back on the schools, just to get a pair of trainers, like a pair of, pair of pumps. I don't know, sneakers you call them in, in, in the States. That's when I thought this 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 is going to be a problem. Yeah. So then, I think that's the first night when they come, and then they come into the room, and now they want to handcuff me, and and be on a chain. So I'm in the bed, and the officer wants to handcuff me and chain me and sit across the room, and I'm laying in the bed, and his and his partners are across the the other side of the bed. I can't tell you how how this made me feel because obviously I'm starting to learn a little bit more and I know, you know, even down to the fact that I've got no bowel control, I've got no bladder control, I've got, how can two officers just be sitting there all night? But the, some of the stories, I don't think we've got enough time, Jeremy, to, to, tell, to tell you exactly how this experience was because I end up staying in this place for, for another three months. So that's six months in total. I'm in hospital. So you, you, you've guessed my 
my fight, my next destination. My next, my next, next destination was prison. So, if you cut a long story short, I had absolute hell trying to. In the end, we 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 managed. We got through to the prison governor, like the top warden, and he allowed the handcuff to come off. You know, so I was not in chains no more. So it got a little bit. Having you chained up while, you, yeah, in rehab. Yes, so I was chained, chained up, and obviously the all, all all the team. So starting from the consultant right through to all the HCAs, like the healthcare assistants, you know, the nurses, the P, my physiotherapist, uh, the OT. You know, Jeremy, we, there's a team that you know get me through this and get me to the point where you go now, Paul. You you know you're under us for life, but it's time to. It's time to, to, to move on, you know? So throughout the next three months while I was at that hospital, I was in... I, 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 just, it, I just remember sometimes it was so difficult. So I'm trying to do certain things, which is it, it basically it's blood, sweat and tears, you know? When you, especially when you're talking about... I, I, you know, I had to learn straight from... Very, you know, how to transfer from the bed to the chair. Because um, I was being hoisted at this time in the very beginning. I, I, when they said to me, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be transferring from the bed to the chair. And I, I was very confused. I said, what? That's impossible. How is this? How am I going to do this? What do, what do you mean? They said, well, you can't, you're not going to be using a hoist all, all your life. And I was like, I didn't know what, you know, at this point. But as you well know, it wasn't, you know, much more than a week goes by and I'm actually transferring. And and this went on throughout my whole rehab. They was telling me, and I was looking at them as if they was crazy. There's no way I'm going to be doing this, you know. So then I'm doing floor to chair, I'm doing from onto plinths, all the rest of it. All while being watched by two prison officers. You know, and there's... You can you can imagine like I'm a I'm I'm a proud man, Jeremy. So when my bowels are opening at certain times, when I'm doing all this, and I got prison officers sniggering and 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 making, you know, it really 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 made my rehabilitation. What they actually said was because I was actually not around any other spinal cord injury patients because of the circumstances. They did. They they deemed that the, that that the ward wasn't secure enough for me to be on, and because of the police and everybody and prison officers around, they didn't want none of that on the ward. So they had me on a separate ward. So they said to me, "I can't tell you how much experience, how much you are losing from your rehabilitation just by not being around other spinal cord injury patients." This is what what. We, we we deem this one of the major factors. You know, you, you, you exchange stories and you you know and you see what he's doing. You know, there might be somebody that's come back in for, I don't know, a short stay and he's been injured 20 years. You get a lot of information from these people. I had none of that. You know? And at one point I managed to get in, get into an argument with two of these officers before the these were police officers before the prison officers took over. I, I, I somehow we got into this argument. I ended up having some sort of wrestling match with these guys. I, I can't tell you, you know, I, obviously because of the level of my injury, I got half the lung capacity 
I'm weak as hell. I've got a spinal cord injury. And I'm having a wrestling match with two grown men. Like, they're trying to grab my arms. They're trying to... No, but I managed to get through this. And then a whole of the time, I always had in mind that as much as everybody said, you, you, there's no way you're going to go to prison. I was the only one that said, I, I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath if, if, I, if I was you, you know? And, and so be it. The, the the day come you know and I'd, I'd finish my rehab and I'm ready to go and it's like you know and then we fought as hard as we could and then my, my final destination was was Penterville prison a very famous prison in London Victorian prison very old at cockroaches and all kinds of stuff still going on at this prison but what I, where I actually went I actually went on to the, the hospital wing the hospital you know wing um which contained a lot of mental health prisoners. Obviously, there's nobody there with a spinal cord injury or anything like that. But the lengths they went to. But obviously, obviously, um, just for your viewers, I've had quite a colourful past, and basically, I upset the government in in a big way. So then, I'm treated shall I say different, but you know, I had to it was they was they would make things happen. So basically they sent two nurses from Stanmore, uh, the rehabilitation centre, into the prison to train some healthcare nurses how to deal with a spinal cord injury. Sorry, Roger, to deal with a spinal cord to deal with a spinal cord injury patient. So you can imagine when I, I actually knew the two nurses. They said, Paul, look, we're going in there. But these these nurses actually go out into the public, go out into the open and assess the place where you're gonna be, you know, where you're gonna be discharged to from hospital. So that could be my own house or a property. They they go and assess it and make sure it's all wheelchair accessible before they discharge you. So now because of my final destination is 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 prison. They they now have to do this at the prison, which I'm hoping even some of the prison officers that are watching me now I've become not friends but you know kind of friendly. You know, they was actually saying to me, Paul, there's no way they're going. You're going to be going to Pentagon. So I wouldn't worry. There's no way they can deal with you. Your hand will be there. So I was hoping that these two nurses would go there and just say no. There's, there's no chance. But what they actually did, they just rolled out the red carpet, so to speak. So it looked, made it look absolutely out of this world. They made it look, you know, for that day when these two nurses was coming. And also, the nurses took, in this country, they call it like a dolly. It's like a, it's like a mannequin kind of thing. And they to, to show them certain things, you know, when it, even like when it comes to a manual evacuation and stuff like that, right. and these are these are these are um, mental health nurses we, we're, we're talking about here. They they're like, what do we have to do? What because I'm still it's still very fresh. I, I'm still myself. I don't really know how to actually do a you know completely a manual evacuations and, and and with my bowel movement and some things like that. I'm still not completely signed off. 
to be independently doing this by myself. Now they're going into prison to... Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you, Jeremy. This was it was something else, but they did it. The two nurses come back and they said, "Paul, look, we we we've got to be straight with you. That it, it's going to be okay for you to go there." And that's when I thought, "What the hell?" So then I went into prison. I think it was about two days later on a stretcher. So when I arrive at the prison, they're they're all waiting for me. The nurses, the warden, the the the. the the deputy governor, the, the prison officers also. And when I came through the door, I never forget, I came through some, some like push doors in, in the prison and I always remember all of their faces. They, you know, in this country would say, you know, like foxes, you know, caught in the headlights, you know, their eyes was just like, what the hell are we going to do with this guy, you know? So then I remained there for another seven months in one cell so it was not even it's not a hospital room it's a it's a cell i had a profile in bed the commode did not go over the toilet so therefore if i was to have a shower i didn't have a shower to be honest i had bedpans washes in the bed for the next seven months until i was granted parole and me, man. Yeah, and to be honest, Jeremy, I'm still I'm still doing this now. Four years later, I'm still in a in a halfway home, like a like a this where I am. I'm not completely free. I'm still serving out the rest of my sentence. In it's it's like a care home slash hostel we call it here. So it's like a halfway home in the states. I'm still here. It's like four years later because years of. Later. Man. I think everybody would understand when they when they get to, to figure out my story, they'd understand. They wouldn't understand why they're doing this, but they would understand if you know what I mean. That they're not going to let me off lightly with what actually happened. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be doing everything they can to make my life difficult, is which they are doing. Right. And um, yeah, and I know we can't really talk about some of that stuff now, but we'll hopefully we'll be able to have you back on down the road. Away. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, most definitely, most definitely, man. And then you know, you, so, some of your yeah. So what what's the uh, you know, Paul? What's the transition like then, going from prison to this this halfway house that you're still kind of stuck in to this day? Yeah. Well, uh, now, well, now I have. I have license conditions, so I'm 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 allowed out. Obviously, my family can come down. I've uh, I've just got a mobility car now, so obviously I'm going to get to. I need to get my license back, and I will be I will be using that. And there's a curfew here. I think it's eleven o'clock curfew. It, it, it it's the house itself is is pretty. It's pretty. They're pretty lenient, you know. It's not too bad, but it's the probation service that I have to deal with. They're the ones that have got the conditions. So I've got a restriction for, for London. So I'm not allowed in London with a 25-mile radiance around London. That's one of my... Because um, obviously I'm originally from London. Now I'm in the north of England. They've got me in the north of England. That's They couldn't have put me any further away from London. You're not allowed to go back to London. Is there like a time frame on the, that? Like yeah, a- yeah. Once my sentence is finished, which my sentence is finished uh, next year, November 20, uh, 2024, I think, something like that. So, yeah, then my license conditions are done. So I will be able to go back into London. I will be able to 
you know, so um, what certain conditions I have to let them know what car I've got, what what the registration. I can only have one mobile phone, one bank account. I can only have a certain amount of money in my pocket at one time, and it's, it's got some conditions on me, which is you know they're 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 annoying, but I can get by, you know. Yeah. And um, will, will you move back to London then, or close to it once you're? Um, eventually, I will. I've never really lived in London since I was a kid anyway when i made it you, you know you tend to to move out of the move out of the hood so to speak and yeah. into a better area you know so i would just probably move a little bit more closer towards london because right now i'm about three four hours away from london okay. in a car you know so yeah so on a day-to-day basis jeremy i'm up here obviously i, I still have my physio and i've got the gymnasium what i use and um yeah, but it was just like the trans. Yeah, so the transaction was that I, I um basically had seven months of hell in prison until they decided that I, I would be able to to move on. And yeah, I literally came to this place on a stretcher again, not knowing I, I'm left in the dark once again. I'm not knowing where this place is, where I'm going, and. I've been there ever since, so they, they, they you know, they, 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 they treat me well here. To be honest, it's not, it's not like prison at all, That's but good. it's still not an institution. But there's still rules, you know. I'm still not free, and right. you know, you know, that's just, nobody wants to be tied down to anything, you know. So, what, what, what the point I'm trying to get to? Why I would, you know, agree to actually do this podcast with you is just. You know, it's just, I don't know, uh, you know, I never thought for one minute when you have a spinal cord injury, they might see you laughing around, joking. Like, so for example, I go to the gym, I push weights, blah, blah, blah. But what they don't see is, is, is that's the, that's the major, major factor when it comes to spinal cord, Jeremy, you know, you know, I don't need to explain this to you, but. My God, I am. Um, I don't know where to start with the, the 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 things that I'd rather have before I ever walk again. You know, walking again. Basically, they've done a survey in the, in the in the, in the in the hospital when I where I was there, and it says the top five things what you'd want back if possible. Walking was number five. You know, right, number so one, well, you could mix it up. So that, bow was bow was number one. Yeah. Um, no, 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 neuropathic pain. Right. I suffer. I oh, don't say. I suffer severely from from neuropathic pain. Uh, I I can't. Well, you, 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 I'm not too sure how it is for you or for any of your viewers, but my God, I have this on a different level and it's most days I don't get no days off for neuropathic pain so that would probably be number one neuropathic pain number two would be bowel control number three I might put sexual function there then bladder control and then we can talk about walking again so when I explain this story to people that haven't got a spinal injury they're just blown away they're like Wow, you know, like 
<laughs> what we don't see, you know, we would straight away think, you know, that's the main thing is walking. I would literally have one of them or two of them things back and never be able to walk again. Just give me one of them. If something comes out, I would just, you know, and um, yeah, man, it, it, it's not easy, man. It's very, very tough. I have some bad, bad days, you know. It's, you, you, you got to really dig deep, man. You got, you got to dig deep. You got to find the strength from somewhere, you know, because that's mental the, health issues. Thing, Paul, I don't think that there's nobody. Yeah, like you said earlier, like this injury is not for the faint of heart. That you gotta. <laughs> It's a, yeah. it's a grind every day, man, regardless. Oh, every single day, man. Even, even good days are tough sometimes, you know? Like, like Good days are tough, you know? Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same because people don't understand that when, as soon as I start my, 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 my routine in the morning, that's it. So I think I start roughly around about 7.30, 7.30 a.m. I start. I'm not, I'm not ready until... Uh, this is no exaggeration. Probably, you know, eleven o'clock. You know, in 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 the morning. You know what? But and all I've really done is go to the toilet. I have a shower. Get dressed. That's it. And you know, I started at seven thirty in the morning. And now, eleven o'clock. I'm just finishing up. It's just, you know, that's something I, that would normally or used to take me if I needed to be somewhere quick 15 minutes, you know, jump out of the bed in the shower, yeah. you know, all the rest of it and out the door. Yeah. <laughs> We're you, talking yeah, two, three hours minimum. You definitely start missing those quick mornings, you know? Like, uh, the quick mornings are, are over. There's, there's, there's one thing also of a spinal cord injury. There's no days off. No. We don't get a day off. No. We don't get a lay-in. We don't, we don't get the pleasure of just, uh, it's Sunday, let me have a, you know, let me have a lay in and have a lazy day, and you know, because like I said, it's not relatively, I haven't been injured that long, so you know, you, you could say I'm still learning, right? And I can, you know, I, literally, I will learn something new every day, still now, about this injury, you know, something that just pop up. I'm, I'm still struggling with my trying to get my medication right for this neuropathic pain. What I'm going through, it's just every month I will tweak it and try this one and try that one, just to try and get the best possible dose to try to try to stop this pain. And I'm still, still, like I say, still learning about that now. And um, yeah, man, this is yeah, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, you know, Paul, you're one of the the reason I wanted to get you on the show originally was because you're such a just a motivational guy. Like your a lot of your posts are are uh, you know good yeah. quotes and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. What what motivated you? I guess to start kind of documenting your recovery on Instagram and some of the social well, medias and well, um, what. Where it, it was it difficult for you to do that? Like, was it you know how to like put yourself out there? Yeah, it's just it's not the, the, the old cliche of if I could help one person, you know, then I'd be happy. 
it's the fact that the matter is most of the time when I do these posts or when I talk about mental health, talk about spinal cord injury, I'm often in a dark place. I'm often, often struggling myself. So that's when the emotions can come out and I can, this is kind of my, my, it's kind of my thing. What, what, what pulls me out, out of the dark place. I, you know, once I, you know, can, can put across, you know, the, the, the message that you can still go on after a spinal cord injury, you can be somebody again. You can, you can, I haven't got a, basically, yeah, that, that's where I, that's where I kind of find my, find my strength, to be honest. Just trying to, trying to help people that are in similar situations. You know, sometimes you, you know, you haven't specifically got to have a spinal cord injury. You know, it's, it could be anything, could be any kind of disability. And I try and put the message out that, that you can do this, man. You know, if you, if I can do it, you know, you can do it. That, that, that's the bottom line, really. I kind of, you know, and um, yeah, it's reaching, it's reaching, it's reaching a few people, and a few people are, you know, I, I seem to be helping them, and it, that that's what gives me, gives me the drive, you know. If I can, it makes me keep at the same time. It's kind of like a, I don't know how to explain it, but you, you kind of understand where I'm coming from. It's like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah, you just, I, you know, it almost like it, it helps your kind of mental helping other yeah. people, right? Or like motivating other people. Yeah, yeah. If I can motivate, you know, motivate somebody, then that will motivate me, if you know what I mean, also, because I've actually reached out and, you know, right. give some positive vibes. And that, that's all I'm trying to do, you know, it's just. Uh, I completely understand. Yeah, that's uh no, not, that's, I mean, that's a lot of, lot of what we're doing on this podcast too, you know, trying to you know, motivate people, like help, help people maybe that are newly injured, like have an outlet to, to find, you know, yeah. uh, find yeah. the stories of other people that have dealt with this. So, and, and like that, and the thing is, man, that no two stories are the same. So no two spinal cord injuries are the same. Like, I, you know, I've 100%. had a lot of people on this show, man. I never heard about anybody, you know, having to go to jail after their spinal cord injury, which is it's crazy, right? So it's, this is this is, you know, I don't think you was expecting this to come out today on this podcast, but that <laughs> is not really. It's took up most of the time, really, of the of, of the of the um the podcast. But it, it, I had to no, I had to tell you this because you was going to ask me my my um yeah yeah it's very it's very interesting and, and and you know there's certain things that i can't say jeremy at, at the moment but yeah it, it's we'll, not been we'll, you know we'll, we'll definitely have you back on so we can talk about some other stuff too later on but yeah uh, that's not there, yeah man. there's there's some other interesting things that we could chat about uh when the time is right so um, yeah 100 percent you know, like the, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on, uh, Paul, was that, um, so man, I've, I've had some, some dudes that are, are, you know, dealing with spinal cord injuries that are just, you know, just straight monsters while they're working out. And, you know, you, you kind of put all of them to, to shame with, uh, you know, I mean, watching some of your workout videos that you post on Instagram, like I'm shocked at, at how much like you can, 
you could bench press and all these different things. Uh, and then, you know, and so like uh, on that athletic side of things and being able to, to kind of compete or, or just like push yourself, like what does that do for you? Um, just kind of mentally dealing with injury. Does that, does that help you like help, help you kind of keep that, that motivation and that drive? hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's that's one of the things. That's one of the main things that that keeps me going. You know, because I, I, at some point you can remember. You know, I can remember freshly. You know, being injured, and I just thought I'm never going to be able to do anything, let alone push two hundred kilos. You know, I, I was thinking. There's, there's no way I'm going to be able to do anything. And then obviously, as time, time went on, I got into the gym, you know, with my, with my uh, physio and a strength conditioning coach. And we started training. At first, I was, I was nervous about transferring onto, onto a bench to do it, you know, because of the level of my injury. And we didn't have, you know, modified or, or you know, bench press benches for disabled in the, in this gym, it's still relatively slim, you know. Right. And um, I just took the took the you know. I can remember one day I said, "Let's just do it," you know. I, I managed to get on it, and then then it, then, it, then it all started, you know. I, I think I started off with I think you know sixty kilos, twenty kilo on each side, and the rest is history, man. Just kept kept building and building. And I confused all of the physios, you know, all especially in this this, this region. And they're all looking at each other as if to say, "How's this guy? I have no core strength, you know." I, I, and that's what you need to push these them kind of weight. That's what I'm pushing. I can remember when I was, you know, post injury that, you know, what you what it takes to push this kind of weight. You know, it's it's a real, it's a real whole body effort. You know, you got to put your core, you got to drive through with your legs. So right. the fact that I'm actually paralyzed from the chest down, and and pushing this, it, it, it's amazing, everyone. And and if I can inspire other people to to get back in the gym after any any yeah. the gymnasium, I kind of changed, you know, because obviously I I was out of the environment for a long time, and and I can remember the first day I go into the gym with my physio and everybody, even the the, the, the um, support workers that I, I work with. I can I never forget after the first session, they just said, Paul, this is a different guy. We've not seen this guy yet. We don't, you know, we just, we see, I think where this is your environment, you kind of just come out, you know, this is a different guy completely. And that's how I feel when I do get there because it can be doom and gloom, you know, like when you, especially when you're in a place like this or, you know, things are not going well and, you know, so that soon as, after that first, first session, that was it. I was hooked again, you know, so then I was trying to get there as much as possible. And then before you know it, I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of noise with the amount of weight that I'm pushing, you know, it's reaching out to a few people that are saying, look at this guy, but, yeah, man. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, we had a guy on uh, from over in the UK uh, a few weeks ago named Joey Thompson, and he does 
uh, the, uh, I guess, adaptive strongman competitions. And All right. Maybe we need to connect you guys, man, get you uh, get you competing in some of those because I feel like you could probably, probably do pretty well in that, man. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of people, you know, contacting me and saying, you know, you know this is... This is what you should be doing. You should be getting in some competitions, and who knows, man? Maybe, maybe in the near future that I, 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 I might enter some sort of competition, you know, with for disabilities or for. Well, yeah, Paul, that, that's um, yeah, I wanted to know: Have you been able to do? Um, have you? I know, obviously, you've had kind of a crazy situation since being injured, with having to go back to prison for for a time and that's after you know going through six months of, of hospital stays um hmm. you know have you have you tried any other kind of adaptive sports yet um or just the weightlifting just the weightlifting really jeremy because obviously i can any other sport obviously because of the level of my injury i've got no core so i'm, I'm a bit bit wary of other trying to do other things you know because as you well know, I cannot set up properly. You know, I got, I'm always got to hold on. I've always got to lean on something because of the level of injury. But I'm definitely up for trying, trying something else. You know, and trying some other kind of sports just to see how I get on. But it's it's very daunting, you know, because obviously, as you well know, there's 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 no core strength. So I'm literally. Right. It's, it's it's all about trying to to do events and try and do things that you you could you're actually comfortable with and I'm I'm comfortable in the gym and I'm comfortable with the weights so no, you know that makes a lot of sense that makes so, sense. yeah man so um, who knows who knows in in the future where I where I might go with this yeah with this weight lifting yeah we'll be watching man definitely rooting for you um you know mm. I the one other thing I wanted to ask you Paul and I don't even know if you can talk about it or not, but I was wondering. So, did they catch the guys that that shot up your house and and ended up shooting you? Six um, uh, for for legal reasons, Jeremy, I can't really say too much. But you know, in the, in in the near future, I think no problem. We will, we will find this out. But okay. yeah, man, I don't mind you asking. But obviously, everybody there's just, they've got so many questions that I, I just cannot answer. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I completely understand, man. Legal reasons, you, you can't do it right now. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Um, you know, once once things kind of uh, settle down with all that, and we yeah. you're able to, to talk more freely. But yeah, but I'm actually dealing. I'm actually dealing with a pressure. So, well, it's not a pressure. So it's like a moisture lesion. So uh, it's on my natal cliff, and it's you know I don't know how many of these you've had over the years, Jeremy, because you've been injured quite long. But yeah. this is. These are something else as well. It's another thing what 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 people are, are unaware of. You know, they 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 think these kinds of, kind of uh, wounds and kind of injuries are from from for for old people. You know, that's, right. that's how wrong they are. Just, this is literally part of a spinal cord injury. I think everybody I've spoke to. So it's, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, there's so like you said, man. There's so many things that people would never even you know never think of. Mm. That, yeah. Have no idea like what we go through on a day to day basis and have to worry about with our, yeah, with our, yeah, and our bowels and our bladders and all these things. So, um, yeah, but no, hey Just... man, Paul, Paul Allen, I appreciate you coming on, bro, and and uh, and taking some time out of your day. 
Uh, yeah. I definitely am looking forward to to talking about some other things once you're able to do so in, in the near future. And uh, man, thank you so much, bro. No problem. It's a pleasure, Jeremy, man. It's great. Yeah, great, great to meet you. And uh, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Okay, man. Okay, man. Take All care, right. man. All right, Paul. Thank you, man. Cheers, man. Thank you. Bye. Okay, that was Paul Allen. Uh, I just want to thank him again. Uh, we, you know, the, the technology is an amazing thing, Ricardo. It's uh, it's wonderful to be able to connect with people from all over the world. 6,000 plus miles yeah, away. Yeah, what a, you know, great, great guy, great story. Like, the, I mean, I wish I, I don't want to share the other stuff just because, like, I know some of it. Well, yeah, just, you you know, it's uh, private. From talking to him yeah. beforehand. But, yeah, we're going to definitely get him back on so he can talk about some of the legal matters that he's been involved with that kind of, you know, led to his, I guess, incarceration during. And his disability. After, after his, yeah, and his disability. Yeah. But his incarceration after being paralyzed. And, um, you know, I, c- I couldn't even imagine being handcuffed to the bed while you're in rehab or handcuffed to another person (laughs) trying to learn but trying to learn how yeah to do all these things and not getting to interact with any of the other patients that was the thing that really like got me i was like what the hell are these guys like what what sense is that like because he made and he made the point in there like well i'm I'm just gonna get up and run off at some point like i I mean this injury is not changing right now so how well, what I mean, do they think I'm gonna do? And he had to he had to fight with two of the police officers, yeah. like you know, as a as a person with a spinal cord injury. Yeah. And, and from from how strong that guy is, just from seeing some of his uh, some of his videos on Instagram, I'm pretty sure he gave those cops a run for their money. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that um, you know he's already now imprisoned physically by his disability, right? What is the sense of handcuffing somebody to a bed right exactly and, i mean it's insanity it's just crazy it's just a mental torture yeah you know? makes and, no sense and having yeah. two police officers in the or two uh yeah. prison whatever guards essentially in the room with him at all times like laughing at him when he's trying to do this different these like intimate things that you have to do with a spinal cord injury is just yeah. insane you know yeah yeah and uh, back to your point about um, him discussing the five things, like he saw the poll of the, the five things that you wanted back the most, uh, that people with uh, spinal cord injuries wanted back the most. Now, walking was the last one on that list um, after, you know, bowel, bowel control and um, uh, neuropathic pain, I think he said it was number one. one yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, bladder control, sexual function, all these things. Um but yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. Like, I feel like if I could just have like my upper body fully back working, and you know, basically, if I could be a paraplegic instead of a quadriplegic, I, that would probably be my number one right. thing. And then, then some of those other things from there. But yeah, I, that that was an interesting, interesting discussion there. Uh, yeah, and, and just I th- I think he his mindset, even though like he you know admits like hey uh, the, I've been in a dark place and sometimes I'm coming from a dark place, um, but I'm you know it's just like trying to 
to motivate other people trying to you know motivate himself yeah motivate himself by motivating other people yeah i mean i I just thought it was a great he was a great guest and yeah i i agree and and, you know i like the way that um you know you've had a number of guests that um have videos and youtube channels and they show their morning routines and how long it takes them to get dressed and moved and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but um you know he talked about a four-hour routine right and i know that you you know, when I come over here, sometimes it's t- good two hours to get ready in the morning, right? Yeah. And there's no such thing as the 15-minute, you know, shit, yeah. shower, shave, and I'm out of here kind of day and anymore. And, um, yeah, it's a it's a whole lifestyle change. We've talked about that before, That, but it's, it's, it's hard to adjust to, you know. And you've had 25 years of adjusting to it, so um, I get it. But, you know, when I see you, I have a lot of empathy for you, Jeremy. That, could, that you're relying on all these other people and stuff and caregivers to do things right for you. You know, for God's sakes, you were almost, you know, gone earlier this year. Right. You know? Yeah, I know. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I appreciate that for sure. Uh, but yeah, what, I mean, I just, I, Ricardo, I cannot wait to have him back on the show so we could talk yeah, about yeah, some I'm, of the other I'm, stuff. I, I want to know. I want to know. Gonna be, it's going to be a, an amazing episode. Um, but yeah, I thought this was an amazing episode as well. And, um, you know, we've had we've had such great guests. Like, every guest that we have on this show is incredible, I think. And, you know, we have had Vaughn last week. We had, uh, you know, Drew a couple weeks ago. Uh, next week. I think we're going to have Art Renow- our friend Art Renowitzki on the podcast, uh, who's also a, a gunshot survivor, um, you know, suffered a spinal cord injury because of senseless gun violence. Uh, and then also in a couple of weeks, we're going to have on a travel expert to talk about Delta's, uh, I guess, adaptive seating oh, um, for, thing for, for people, for in, people wheelchair. in wheelchairs to be able to stay nice. in their chair. Uh, which is cool. And I did see on maybe Instagram yesterday that Delta had actually shared that their kind of model of this thing with uh, Virgin Atlantic. So hopefully that's a good, I feel like that's a good sign that they're, you know, not trying to like keep this for themselves. They're sharing it with the other airlines. So hopefully we can um, get this partner airlines, forward. right. To get people moving all around the world. Yeah. It'd be yeah. fantastic. So, yeah. you know, God willing that it will go out and visit Paul, man, out in out in the UK once once they get that that together. So, um, yeah. So I, I'm just I'm excited for the for the, uh, the opportunity to to speak with Paul and and I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next week with uh, with Art Renowitzki and and yeah, hope hope everyone has a safe and happy Fourth of July. Or had, if you're listening to this after 4th of July. And cheers to everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, Ricardo, thank you again for uh, not being lazy. Brandon, we'll see you (laughs) soon. Brandon's Uh, not lazy. But, yeah, you're welcome, Jerry. All right, man. Talk to you guys next week. All right. Love you guys. (laughs)